0: that. And so uh, uh, this thing that God's placed inside of us is really real. Don't just listen to messages and say, oh, that was a good message. Do it. I I can't help. How many times did we hear tonight, and the last time this happened, and the last time this happened, and the last time this happened, that I step on people's toes. Um, I, I can help you on something. I actually don't. I just stay very close to the Word of God. It's the word of God stepping on your toes. Yeah. It reveals what we need to deal with in our own lives. Yeah. And I always crack up when somebody says they don't always agree with me, because I, I, what I want to say is, which verse do you disagree with? Because I stay very close to the Bible. And uh, if you've ever counseled with me or anything, I stay very close to the Bible. Uh, that's why I've been able to help so many people. It's not that David's smart or David's good at anything. The Bible works. It has the answer for all things. Amen. So if you remember, we're talking about the parables of Jesus. Uh, turn, if you would, over to Luke chapter 10. Yes. Amen. We've got one person still awake. Everybody else is trying to digest their tacos. Thank you, Sam, for the tacos. They were excellent. Yeah. I really enjoyed them. And yes, tacos are my favorite food. I, I just don't know how it happened. Two weeks in a row, I preached on honor, and they have the thing of beans in there. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to have to preach on honor a little bit more. Um, Luke 10, verse 30. We're talking about the parables of Jesus. Let me start off here before we actually read this. If you remember, the very first parable we read was in Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower, the four different types of grounds. And when the disciples came in, Jesus, can you explain this to us? Uh, he says, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand any of the parables. Everything comes back to seed time and harvest. We're going to see it again in this parable, the two parables I'm going to deal with tonight. Luke 10, verse 30 says, And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. Now, from what I, I didn't really study it out, but I read it one time, and, uh, and then I didn't study the validated truth. But they said that this journey between Jerusalem and Jericho was known for thieves. And they would uh, when they're traveling on this path, they try to go quickly, get through there for safety's sake. Uh, which, and he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest. Now a priest is somebody who's in the ministry. Amen. We call him a pastor today. Hey, remember I told you a story about driving down Whitendale? Passed by the person, stranded? Got convicted? Uh, even preachers do wrong things. Uh and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. I don't want to do that. I don't want to help the guy. I'm in a hurry. I, I'm going someplace. I'm doing something. Plus, if I stop and try to help him, the thieves might get me. I get out of here. This is a dangerous place. And likewise, the Levite, when he was at the same place, now, a, uh, a priest was of the, the tribe of Levi. That's where the priest came out of. Uh, so the priest was a Levi, and then the Levite came, and he was out of the tribe of Levi, but he was not a priest. So every priest came out of the tribe of Levi, but every Levi was not a priest. So this guy was a Jew. He came, now, now he came and looked on him. I was, I, I'm wondering if he looked on him to see if his wallet was laying out. Or he looked on him to see, I wonder if this is something I can do. But either way, he passed by on the other side. I want to help him. But a certain Samaritan, now a Samaritan was from Samaria. He was basically a half-breed, probably half-Jew, half-Gentile, and uh, not of the the same lineage as the the priest and the Levi. Um, When he was at the place, came and looked on him, Oops, wrong verse. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went up, went, and he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil wine, oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. Now, the one thing that we see here is there was an interruption of his day. Yeah. What am I talking about? I'm talking about us. Jesus's parables. Do you know how easy it is? And, and I'll be honest with you, this is hard for me because I'm a really focused person. And I, I get going in the direction that I'm going and I, I, I lose. I have actually very wide peripheral vision, but not when I'm focused. And uh, and I get, I get locked in on what I'm doing and I can easily ignore things. I'm working on that on me. I'm trying to, to slow down, pay more attention. But when you're trying to get someplace and there's an interruption... Does compassion come up or frustration? Yeah, but I don't read about frustration except for maybe what the enemy tries to do to us. And, and so he stopped and he bound him up and he put, his on, put him on his own beast and he brought him to an inn. And on the morrow when he part, departed, he took two pence and gave them to the host. Now we see it also cost him money. Not only did it inconvenience him, not only did it stop, and if that, that what, which I read one time, didn't verify, if it was a dangerous place, put his own life in jeopardy. Put him on his own beast, which means, I, I guess, maybe he was riding a horse or something, and he or a donkey, and uh, whatever it was, and now he's going to walk so the other guy could ride. And he said to the innkeeper, Take care of him, and whatsoever you spendest, when I come again, I will repay thee. You just go ahead, and do what it takes, and I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Do you know the liability that that is, to give somebody permission to just go spend? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember one time we were in Africa, and there were some people, we were doing a conference, and um, the pastor told them, okay, go get this and this. And uh, uh, I think he said, get a soda for every person, because that's actually a big, a big deal back there, and they don't have the extra money that they can just have a, a, a soda is a luxury to them. And the guy that took it, you know, went and carried out, he brought back more than one for everybody. He brought back sodas, (laughs) and he filled the place with sodas, and everybody was just drinking down their Coke and handed Pastor a bill. I remember when we did our first missions conference, I had a, a pastor from Pakistan coming over, and I told him at least three times, now what? this is what's going to happen when you get here. He had never been to the United States of America before He's flying into Los Angeles. I said, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be there a little bit earlier than what our shuttle is going to be there because we're picking up like, I think we had like six or seven people we're picking up. I said, so I want you to go to the luggage department, get your luggage, and just sit there. I said, you'll be there for an hour or so. Just sit there. We're going to come get you. My my guy, I, I've given a picture of you to my driver. He's going to come in and he's going to pick you up. And so uh, uh, the driver's down there and calls me. He says, Pastor, he says, we can't find this guy. I said, you go, I told him to be in the luggage. But he says, I went in there. I've walked all through there. I went to the next terminal, and to the other side terminal. I've walked all up and down here. I've looked on the outside. We can't find him. And I'm thinking, what do I do? I lost my Pakistani. And, uh, uh, you know, who knows where he's at? Um, And so we're going back and forth and... And, uh, I, you know, he's got everybody else. They've flown in internationally. They want to get here and, you know, get to the room and take a shower and relax. And, and we're going on and, and trying to figure this thing out. And 30 minutes or so goes by. And I tell him, well, just go back and do it again and walk through there. Maybe he was in the bathroom or something when you went through. And just go back through it. And as, he, as I'm talking to him, my phone rings and dad's calling me. And I, I said, uh, let me call you back. Dad's calling me. And so I I picked him uh, the phone up, said, yeah. And he says, "Uh, there's some Pakistani guy down here at the church uh, needing you to pay a taxi. From Los Angeles. And so uh, um, I can't remember how we arranged it. Uh, Maybe dad paid him or something like that. And then I reimbursed dad. But he was just happy go lucky. It's like, yeah, I just took a cab and came up here. Well, thank you for spending my money like that. <laughs> but, but this guy, he, he put himself at risk. Take care of him. But probably the innkeeper knew him because he would probably been there before. When I get back, I'll, you know, I'll settle the bill up. And, uh, and took care of him. So on the morrow, uh, he did. Oh, I read that one. Came again, I'll pay, repay thee. Verse 36. Which now, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves. Now, that's not a real hard question, is it? And he said, watch this, verse 37, and he said, He that showed mercy on him, then said Jesus, go and do likewise. If somebody is doing you wrong, do you show mercy or do you show frustration? When something shows up in your day to mess your day up, do you show mercy or do you show frustration? Now, let's go back to the start of this parable. Uh, Jesus, this parable was actually the answering of a question. So let's go back to verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, understand the question, because the answer to the question is the answer to the question. What? The question: What shall I do to inherit eternal life? He's talking about eternity. He's talking about going to heaven. Now, now look back over here at verse uh, 37. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do likewise. In the answer to the question. Now, this this should be something that is uh, very. If he's talking about eternal life, see, with the grace teaching, we just think everything's okay because of grace. But Jesus said how you handle your neighbor, how you handle somebody else, is going to have an impact on your eternity. It's going back to Sunday, talking about honor. It's not okay to not have honor. Now, people may not care. I mean, we live in an honorless society right now. Most people don't have honor and people don't think it's that big, that big of a thing. But actually, in the Bible, it's a very big thing. How you treat somebody who is an inconvenience to you, an inconvenience to your day, has an impact on our how we're walking with God. Now, look at verse 26. And He said unto them, what is written in the law? How readest thou? The question was, how do I uh, inherit eternal life? And he says, okay, what have you read about it? What do you know about it? And he answered, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Good answer. What does it mean to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart? Stop and think about it. Because many Christians say they love the Lord uh, with all their heart, even though they don't do what he says. I'm sorry. See, that's your spirit being. Who you are is your spirit man. If you love the Lord, let me say it this way. You're pursuing what you love. If you love the Lord with all your heart, your number one pursuit is the things of God. Now, remember, he came back and talked about a man and how he dealt with a guy that had been robbed. So if you love the Lord with all your heart, and God is a giver, and God is a helper, and He wants us to be like Him, then the love of my heart will dictate the decision I make in the inconvenience in my life. Okay, it goes on. Um, Love the Lord with all thy soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. If I love the Lord with all my soul, the predominance of my thinking is going to be on the Lord. Amen. Yeah, I, I, was, I was kind of paying attention to this the other day. I really. It's really weird. I, I'm a pretty busy person. Uh, I got down here this morning at 630. And other than going to the meeting I talked about and then going around picking up Tammy, I've been here all day. And. It's uh, I, I was kind of looking at my day. I, I talk to the Lord all day long. I mean, literally. I doubt there's 15 minutes that goes by in a day that I'm not talking to the Lord about something. And yet I'm still busy. I'm still doing things. I don't just sit there and don't do anything. But, but in the course of doing things, I talk to the Lord. If you love the Lord with all your mind, your, your, uh, with all your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, you're going to be wrapped up in Him. Okay, let's try another one. And with all thy strength. Now, if you love the Lord with all your strength, what is your strength? Well, you got this strength. You know, you can do something, you can put your hand to something and do something. But is there anything else that would be our strength? Doing ministry? Okay, what was the other thing that was said? Ability. Ability. Putting my abilities to work in a realm. Absolutely. Anything else would be my strength? Sergei talked about it just a minute ago. My money. My knowledge. There's a lot of things that make up our strength. Now, if I love the Lord with all my strength, where is the the majority of my strength going to go? To the Lord. What was the question? I forgot. What was the question? <laughs> love the Lord with all no, what was the question? What, I do, what do I have to do to, to inherit eternal life? Yeah. So, so it might tie into one of those other verses that says, if you don't love me. But then he says, let's go back to the verse. Since y'all are you all staring at me or looking down? <laughs> then the next thing he says is, and um, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, talked about mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Have you ever just wanted to dump your neighbor's trash over? (laughs) Somebody said yes, thank you. All the rest of you are lying. No, not the trash. You had something else. Yeah. That was an example, okay? <laughs> and, and then he came back along and said, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus goes into this parable about it. Uh, so it's not even, you know, in talking in talking last two weeks on Sunday on honor and the, the dishonor we have for the house of God. I uh, ought to make it a, you ought to put down challenge to me. Leave my phone in the car. Yeah, a lot of people's heart just think I couldn't do that. What if somebody called me? You know, like the president or you know, the governors or somebody like that. that sense of you, but the president. you know, I might get one of those all important calls that everything's going to stop if I don't answer it. God, put you on hold. Now, I've got to love my neighbor like myself. What was the question? How how do I obtain eternal life? See, we're all comfortable with our spirituality, but are we applying the word of God? And Jesus told this parable. Now, it comes back to Mark chapter 4. You're going to reap what you sow. See, the the priest sowed something. He sowed to himself. I got to protect me. I got to go and do it. I'm on a ministry assignment, and I've got to go so that I can meet with the archbishop, and uh, I don't have time for this. Does that fulfill the word of God? No. You know, we could be as a Levite, just pass on by. It's not my business, not my concern. Jesus, Jesus spoke this for a reason. Is how does it apply to our lives? And let's go to Luke chapter 12. Amen. We're going to a second parable here. So that parable dealt with the Good Samaritan. And how are we in that arena? Now, Luke chapter 12, verse 16 says, And Jesus spake unto them, saying, Jesus spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Now, insert, modernize this ground, your job, your business, your cash flow, however you get cash flow, whatever. What she are doing, this man, what he was doing, it brought forth. He was rich, and the ground that he had brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Now, what is the subject of this? You familiar with this parable? We know he was rich. We know he had ground. Let me just read a little bit here. What shall I do because I have no room which to bestow my fruits? And he said, this will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater barns and i will bestow my fruits and things like that. So is this parable about being rich? No. How many says yes? Nobody. Oh, very good. So everybody else says no. Okay, so let's see what he's talking about. He spake unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself. Now, what you're going to see here is the focus of a man and the questions that he asked himself. This is is a prime example of where this man had a problem. Now, it's a good problem. He's rich, and the things he's doing is just, you know, he's just making bank on it. I mean, it's just producing. So he's got a problem. It's a good problem, but he's got a problem. And so he said within himself, or he thought within himself, Uh, Where am I at? Verse 16? 17. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Do you know that's what most of us do? When we have a problem, whether it's good or bad, what am I going to do? Well, wait a minute. What about what God wants to do? Now, I like what Dr. Mice says about this parable. He says the guy has an eye problem. Now, I I want to, as I read through this, I want to count the number of, says he says, I or mine. Where he's focused on himself, okay? So, he thought within himself, so that's going to be one, because he's looking at himself. Saying, what shall? Okay, that's two. Come on, you guys are going to have to count, because I'm reading, so. Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. What am I going to do with all this stuff? How how am I going to handle all this? And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my, and I will say to my soul, soul. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be married. Now, how many? what number did we get up to? It's actually 13. 13? 13 times, and how many verses did we read? Three? Three or four? 13 times, me, my, eye, How am I going, man, I got so much money coming in. Man, I got so much of this coming in. Man, this is really good. Oh my, I don't have enough to store all this. uh, My barn is too small. So uh, I think I will build me a bigger barn so that my goods can be kept and I can take my ease. Do you know there's nowhere in the Bible there's nobody called to ease. There's nobody called to do nothing this life is not about let me see what i can get so that i can go entertain myself and not do anything and god said to him you fool now why did he call him a fool because he was rich because what self-focus. his focus self-focus, self-focus. What, what, what can I get out of this? What can I do for me? Never once did he ask God, what do you want me to do with this? Man, you have blessed me so much. How can I help spread your kingdom? How can I help somebody? How can I do something? Because it didn't look like he had any problem of like running out of money. His ground produced plenty. And he was already rich. And God said, everybody say God. God. I didn't say it. God said it. Yeah. You fool. This night, Your soul shall be required of you. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, uh, let's go over to Matthew chapter six and let's let's analyze that statement right there from another verse. Uh, Matthew chapter six, verse 19. Does God, God care if you're rich? Does God care if you're poor? Yes. Yeah, He actually is. He doesn't want you to be, but He still loves you. And um, so in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, uh, lay not up for yourselves treasure upon the earth. So did He say there, don't have any excess? No, no. but He is saying something where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Now, here's going to be the kicker. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. What's he saying? Our heart can't be on the money. He don't care how much money you have, especially if you've got a good heart. Uh, As one person said, if he can get it through us, he can get it to us. Uh, You can live a life of all sufficiency. Uh, uh, in every good thing that if he can get it through us, uh, you know, in elements like that. The, uh, uh, but where's my treasure? Do I have to... You know, the Bible says that money all, answereth all things. Okay, look, I, I've been broke and I've had money. Have money. It's easier. Uh, if you're broke and you need gas in your car, you got to figure out what you're going to do to get gas in your car. If you got money and you you need gas in your car, you just go fill your tank up and move on with life, okay? But if you live on the basis of, I have to get so much money to make it, uh, I'm getting older in life, and I've got to have so much money to retire on, if your heart is now, the treasure of your heart is now on, and your trust is now in the money. Now, I didn't say go out and spend everything you have and don't worry about it. We are to be good stewards. If this was a financial class like I did a few weeks ago, I talk about, you know, being a good steward over money. We are to be good stewards. But your heart's got to never be tied to money. Peoples whose hearts are tied to money are chasing money. So now everything comes back to Matthew chapter 4 parable that we read because Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand any of the parables. This man sowed. But what did he sow to? Himself. He's so to himself. Now, you, if, if we do this, go to Galatians chapter 6, Amen. verse 7. Be not deceived. Now, when are we deceived? are we deceived? When we believe something to be true that isn't. Do you know there's a lot of people deceived right now? There's a lot of people think that there's 46 genders, 72 genders, 125 genders. No, I mean, no, I'm serious. They really believe it. There, there's, there's people that actually believe that a person can change their gender. They believe that. By, by rearranging plumbing, they think that they can change the gender. No, they, like, they actually believe that. There's people out there that believe that there was this huge explosion. Now, we all know that explosions are destructive, not constructive. That there was this huge explosion and life formed. They, no, no, no. They actually believe it. Yeah, the big bang. yeah they actually believe it. There, there's, you can Google it. There's a, an organization called the Flat Earth Society. And I, I made a post on this because they made an error on their, uh, their website, and they were saying something, Flat Earth Society, and they were saying so, that something, something, something all around the globe. And somebody took a screenshot of it, posted it, and then I reposted it, and stuff like that. But, um, but, but no, there's actually people who believe that if you go too far, you'll fall off the edge of the earth. And that the people that went to the moon and took pictures of the earth, that that was just government propaganda, but 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 wait a minute, they actually believe this. So that's called deception. There's a lot of deception that goes around. There's a lot of Christians who read the Word of God and believe they can do something else and it won't affect them. No, 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 no. You don't understand. They believe it. Their faith is based upon it. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word. They heard a word. Somebody told them about the flat earth, and they believed it. There's people who believe that dinosaurs lived billions of years ago. But the earth is only about 6,000 years old, according to creation. And death did not enter the earth until Adam sinned. Bible. But they actually believe that billions of years ago, dinosaurs lived. Now, all these dinosauric creatures and everything like that that lived. isn't it amazing that in every national, uh, every group, people group around the world, doesn't matter if you go down to the Aztec Indians and in and Mexico area, and other things in South America or over into Europe or over into the Middle East in their caves and in their etching, they, they show people fighting these dinosaurs and stuff. They were alive at the same, I mean, they all have the same, basically the same pictures. So maybe that, like, what, that thing there, uh, Sergey was talking about, you know, this the sub- their internet. The, you know, before there was any kind of telecommunications, they communicated and said, hey, draw this picture in your cave, we're going to freak the guys out in the year 2000. <laughs> no, no, people believe this, and probably if I walk, if I got enough examples I probably could step on something that you believe, and that I believe. Some people believe that the government's here to try to help you. Don't get me started now. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. I just wanted to keep Felix comfortable in staying in our church. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. You're, you're not going to make a mockery of God. His system works. You're not going to beat his system. I'm not going to beat this. And he says, don't, don't be deceived. You, you can't mock God in this. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You and I are sowing every single day. In our actions, in our words, in our, our, the way we handle people, in our giving... Uh, in our our living to give, you know, every component of us that gives. Uh, We're sowing every day. And don't don't be deceived. You're going to reap according to how you sow. You're not going to mock God, I guarantee you. He says it right here. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever men soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Now, this is why Jesus said in Mark chapter four in the parable, the first parable that we went over. If you don't understand this, you're not going to understand all the other ones. This man who built the bigger barn, he sowed to his flesh. And he, Jesus said, he, now here's the harvest. Thou fool, your, your soul's going to be required of you tonight. It's your last day on earth, buddy. See who enjoys all this stuff that you've, you've stored up. For he that sowed to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit, shall of the Spirit reap reap life everlasting. Then he goes on to say, let us not be weary in well-doing. Don't allow yourself to to, uh, get uh, run down and he's like, I I do everything for everybody, but nobody does nothing for me. Why, Why is your faith set waiting for somebody to do something for you? God said he would do it for you. I love the story. I, I remembered it. In fact, it, when when Sergey first started on that story, I thought, "Oh, I know what story he's going to tell," because that story has actually affected me a lot. And uh, because I remember calling and telling him that, and his his response was, "I was just praying about that this morning." But he didn't have to go ask anybody for anything. He asked God, and God made a way. Don't look for man. Don't look for the natural to recompense you on your sowing. Let God bring it in. He'll bring it in from supernatural uh, means. And I think that's another thing that was really cool is that, you know, here's a guy in in whatever village, Russia, and somebody from California calls him up and meets the need. But you know how many people have to to put, you know, put out there that, uh, I laugh because of like pastors that I see. It's Pastor Appreciation, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's my birthday, buy me a present. Uh, you don't have to do that. Be honorable, sow, let God take care of your life. Make sure you sow, don't sow to your flesh, sow to the Spirit. And so if, if we'll do this, if we'll walk by this, first parable that we talked about, the, the, the Good Samaritan, Stop looking at yourself, your own comfort, and your own thing, and start looking at other people. What's, what do you say to people? Especially if it's none of your business. That, that really makes it worse when it's none of your business and you've got to stick your nose into it. Not only does it frustrate you but, you, but you hurt other people. And then look at how you're sewing. We all have things coming in. We all have a life that has a a flow to it, everybody's at a different level. But what are you doing with it? Are you just trying to gather up so you have more, so you have more, so you have more, so you have more? Why do you want more? So I have more, so I have more. I remember an interview I listened to one time, I was not there, it was like back in the 20s or 30s, uh, when Standard Oil was a a business. And um, what's the family's name that owns Standard Oil? Rockefeller. Is it the Rockefellers? Okay, the Rockefellers. And uh, they were uh, interviewing the, this was like the second son or the third son down. And uh, they said, well, we see the standard oil is making a million dollars a day right now. That's a lot of money. Now, in the 1920s and 30s, a million dollars is a lot of money today, even though it's fiat currency and it's worth nothing. Back in the 20s and 30s, on the gold standard, it actually had intrinsic value into it. And so it's like worth a lot of money. And he said, you're making a million dollars a day. How much is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. I got to gather in just a little bit more. And these parables that Jesus gave, let's stand. These parables that Jesus gave, he gave for us to show us how to live, to show us how this is going to work, and uh, and we we need to we need to pay attention to.